0: Amen, amen, thank you guys. Hey, if you're taking notes tonight, this morning, I say tonight because I teach tonight, uh, tonight, so if I say that, I'm sorry, it's the morning. Um, if you are taking notes this morning, go ahead and pin down tonight, this morning's message as our shepherd's voice, our shepherd's voice, because we are gonna begin our study this morning in John chapter 10, so if you have your Bible, if you have a tablet, if you have a phone, I encourage you to turn to John chapter 10, and as you're doing so, we are going to study verses 1 through 6, but I want to read verses 1 through 15 to better grasp the depth and the meaning of what Jesus, our Good Shepherd this morning, is going to share with us. So as you turn to John chapter 10, we are going to study verses 1 through 6, but I would love to read verses 1 through 15. Starting in verse 1, Most assuredly, or your translation may say, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own by his name and leads them out. Verse 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. Verse 6, Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, or truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who have ever come, came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and I will go in and out and find pa- the pasture. Verse 10, The thief does not come except to what steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not know own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and and I'm known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Amazing. As we've just read a very familiar section of Scripture to most ears this morning, I want to again gather some textual context before we go any further. Because of verse 21, which you didn't read, which I'll read right here now for you, of chapter 10, verse 21, It says, others says, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And because of verse 21, it gives us the info we need to gather chapter 9 and 10 together as one, which adds even more a significant context of what Jesus is going to further say as, I am the good shepherd. Right, I am the door, right? We need to under, first understand as the significant meaning behind that as we look into chapter nine, which is again, another familiar section of scripture. And it starts off with the man who Jesus encounters after leaving the temple as he's passing by, right? We know the story as he, as he looks and he sees this blind man sitting, who we can imagine who was there every other day or most likely every day of his life as he was born blind. As Jesus runs outside, he runs into this man, and the disciples ask Jesus, what caused this man to be blind? Was it his parents' sin? Was it his own sin? Because in Jewish tradition, a physical ailment was due to past sin in family's life, or the generation. And Jesus turns to his disciples, and he says in verse 3, Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents' sin, but that the works of God should be revealed or displayed in him. Then we know the story further on that Jesus would then go tell this man to go to the pool of Siloam, which means sent. We have the one whom is sent by God telling, hey, go to the pool of Siloam, which means sent, and go wash. Wash off what? Jesus spit into some mud, wiped it on his face, like we would imagine he would do, and go to the pool of Siloam and wash. As we look, the religious leaders begin to question, what just happened? Because if you follow along, a lot of the miracles of which Jesus performed, right, happened on which day? The Sabbath day, which drove these religious leaders insane, which you can just imagine, Jesus, he knows it's the Sabbath, right? He knows it is. It's amazing. Jesus, we know today, is our Sabbath. He is our rest. But Jesus knows it's the Sabbath. And and the religious leaders look and see what he had just done, and they begin to be infuriated because it broke their law or it broke their tradition within themselves, And as he goes around in verse 13 to 34 of chapter 9, the religious leaders excommunicate this man, which this man feared so much. And we can see from verses 13 through 34 that religious leaders even go to this man's parents. Like, is this even your boy? Is this your son in whom Jesus, this man, has healed? How does he now see? And his parents say, he's old enough, right, in fear of themselves being excommunicated. He's old for himself to speak. So the religious leaders turn to him and excommunicate him from, from them. The religious law, the religious kind of bondage even so much so. So in verse 35, which is so cool, if you haven't had it underlined, if you haven't had it highlighted, I'd encourage you to because you, you know what just happened is this, this man in which he was blind has just been excommunicated or tossed out. But Jesus, in verse 35, and this is kind of where we want to begin and jump into our message this morning. Look what happens in verse 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? Jesus had heard that this man who was blind, who is now able to see, has been cast out, has been tossed out by man's tradition, by man's religion. What does he do? He hears and he goes and finds him. He goes after the one. But we know the story in in which this man, yes, he had gained back his physical sight, but not only that, he is also now spiritually no longer blind. He sees the Son of Man standing in front of him and bows on his knees and worships him. He is no longer physically blind, but he is no longer spiritually blind. But not even that, within the context of the story, the good shepherd goes and he hears and he goes, finds him. But what took place is that this man had been poorly shepherded by man's religion. He had been cast out because he did not fit their mold. He had been tossed because there was no love. There was no genuine love for this man. The religious leaders had, must have passed him multiple times and took Jesus one time. To stop, to see this man and to have compassion on him. Again, this morning's message is our shepherd's voice. And the question as I draw this morning into when I was preparing this message, and every time I step into a new, behind a new pulpit, anywhere I I teach, I want to confirm, I wanted to just play this out, is I don't speak to you, I speak with you. As I have began to prepare this message, this is nothing that, again, that I've perfected. I just want to know my shepherd's voice. And that was the question on my heart this week as I was preparing this, is do you want to know the shepherd's voice? Do you want to hear him? Do you want to know that you know that it is your shepherd, our shepherd, who is speaking to you? I do. Maybe for some of you this morning it's been a while Maybe this is even your first time back into church, into the actual building itself and being able to fellowship with the body of Christ. But it's been a while since you have heard the shepherd's voice. And for others, you know your shepherd's voice. You know that you know that when your good shepherd is speaking to you, and that you are confident that he is speaking to you, you know it's his his voice, and you respond. My prayer and encouragement is that not only would you and I know the shepherd's voice, but anytime time there is a call, there is a desperate need for a respond. And that's what we need to do as believers. There is this first initial response to the call in our life, but there is this continual response and obedience in which we need to follow in. But we we need to continue in that because where there is a call, there is that need for response. So we we go to now uh, verses one through six as we will digress further. Beginning in verse one through two, most assuredly or truly, truly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep and so therefore we are drawing a contrast this morning between thieves and robbers versus the good shepherd and jesus is describing and we look in this and that they're climbing in another way where the sheep would be gathered there is this courtyard and if you were to imagine go back a few centuries and and go take put yourself in this position if you were to be walking into a new town or a new city most of the times that you would see is that out in the distance in the pastures, you would see this, this almost pin like shape, this square-like pen for sheep, and there would be no gate, there would be no door, and as we've already read this morning, Jesus himself is that door for us. But if you entered it into a town, there would be homes themselves would create almost like a pen, and it wouldn't be a public access to, for anyone just to put their sheep in there, this would be a private access owned and responsible by relatives. And sometimes, again, those houses would surround an area and would themselves create that pen. And as we've read in verse 7, we know that Jesus himself is that only access point to go into that. And on the contrast of verses 1 through 2, we see that there's a negative access that comes by deceit. And truly today, I am confident That there is a a mark of a false shepherdhood, or in other terms, a false teacher. How how did they gain access? That is is the true marker point. How did they begin to access to become ministers of the sheepfold of God? We use the term under-shepherd, right? You're under the good shepherd, so you are an under-shepherd. But how did you gain access into that ministry, into that call? Was it through selfish ambition, manipulation, or even ask to seek out within yourselves corruption? And as I am overseeing this high school ministry here at Alpharetta, which is a tremendous blessing, I myself sometimes am terrified to see what people will cling to as truth. And without naming names, someone will come up to me and say, Oh, I heard this, this, and this. I'm like, wait, where'd you you hear it from? so-and-so oh. and, and then my you know my heart is just like aching and aching and you walk them through that but I, I am terrified even today as what we would say you know that we live in this southern belt of just religion or this this southern baptist or, or just like this southern um i didn't mean to say southern Baptist, but just like this southern when i go to california um people are like oh you're from the south yeah how, how is it it's great right Everyone, everyone's, everyone's a believer. Everyone's. I'm like, no. It's almost even harder. Because when you live in California, you either know or you're like, whoa, no. But here, it's, it's almost even like last Sunday, as Pastor Blake brought us through the church of Laodicea. It's this lukewarmness. And it's terrifying. There's this false sense of holding on to something in which you think it's truth, but it's not. And who's to blame but these thieves and robbers who have come in and put on sheep's clothing, but rather their hearts are like wolves out to to steal, kill, and destroy. How did they gain access to be ministers of the sheepfold of God? Again, was it through selfish ambition, manipulation? Our focus is on the good shepherd, not man. And when the focus has become on man, man. Run and flee from that. See, the good shepherd, unlike anyone who is a thief and a robber, entered in through humility and sacrificial love. We read in Mark ten forty five that for even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Therefore, whoever enters into ministry by anything except Jesus Christ and Jesus alone He's a thief and a robber out to kill, steal, and destroy the true joy we can have in Jesus. So so my encouragement, just even through verses 1 through 2, is don't hold on to anything that is proclaimed or, or on a display that this is true. We always run back to and confirm it through what? The word of God. Even what I say, even what Pastor Blake says, fact check it, 100%. You know, know, Lincoln said this, or Pastor Blake said this. If it's in the word of God, amen. But you yourselves are responsible for what you cling to, for what you hold on to as truth. And he who does not enter that sheepfold by the door, basically, in other words, who does not enter that sheepfold by Jesus, but climbs up some other way. And guess what? There are a lot of other ways. There are a lot of other ways that Satan is trying to put his foot into the body of Christ. There's a lot of other ways. There's only one way, and that's Jesus. And you know this. But verses three through five, as we continue our, mess- or our sermon this morning, to him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Verse 5 Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice. Of strangers. And what is clear is this presence and action of this of this gatekeeper, this doorkeeper, serves to confirm the true shepherd as a rightful owner of sheep, right? Because this pen, this, 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 this courtyard in which the these sheep are dwelling in, it's a, it's a privately owned uh, courtyard. This isn't open to the public access. This isn't open for anyone just to drop off their sheep. No, there is a rightful owner of the sheep. And what what does John and and Tan tell us? That, hey, for they know his voice. As the, the rightful owner, as the true shepherd enters in, those sheep know his voice. And what's so interesting is just even take a step back and think about your voice. Think about my voice. Think about your children's voices. If you can even think about, maybe for some, you have to go back a few more years. For me, it's about 10 or so is that when you're in a grocery store, right, and you're down an aisle and your kids have may have gone down, or for me, it was uh, out in Texas, this place called Central Market. And I always knew, I knew where the candy section was, right? You enter in, you get past the fruit, you get past the, the, the bread, and you're like, I'm almost there. And as soon as mom takes a stop here, you're going a little bit further out, right? Plenty of times this happens. Maybe this happens to you where your kids just wander off a little bit and you can see them, but then they go down the next aisle, and out, and you can hear their voices, and you can even, mom, dad, and through all the chaotic noises of the music playing, of other people working alongside you, whatever's going on, you distinctively know that that's my son or that's my daughter. You know their voice. It could be happening anywhere is that you hear this cry or you hear this voice, mom or dad. I can th- even think about even more recently in my life when I was in Bible college, you take about three years ago. My wife and I, we were dating at this time, and to get to the cafeteria, I had to pass by uh, the, the girl's dorm room, and as I would pass, uh, my wife and I, we had this whistle, uh, and we would whistle to each other. When, when someone didn't see her, and I was turn- walking the other way, she would whistle, and almost like a dog, like, oh, okay, come back, <laughs> um, But I I remember passing by or getting close to passing her dorm and and my car was parked over there and instead of having to wait for her or text her, uh, I'm almost getting ready and my whistle was a warning, like, let's go, come on. But I would whistle, but she would distinctively hear that whistle and she would know it's me, right? Your children, they know your voice. You know your children's voices. Why is that? It's because you have a deep, intimate relationship with them. And take it back even to sheep as a shepherd would go in. And now let's put it into a public pen, right? As you go into a public courtyard, this would be a time in which they would drop their sheep off. they go do some things they need to do. And when they would come in back into the courtyard to gather their sheep, even though there was multiple shepherd sheep in there, they would go in and the shepherds themselves would make a distinct sound or they would call their sheep even by name sometimes. And the sheep would know their shepherd's voice and they would come and they would follow him. There's a story of when during World War I when there were some Turkish soldiers who just got really, really hungry sometime and they, they went to a, a, near a hillside in Jerusalem and they attempted to steal some sheep. You can imagine the shepherd waking up and seeing some Turkish soldiers taking his sheep. He can't overpower them. What does he do? He calls them home. He calls them back. And the sheep without hesitation turn and return back to their true owner. Their shepherd. Back to John ten, as we read, and when he brings out his own sheep, and he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. They know it. And what do they do? Because they know his voice. They they will by no means follow a stranger. What do they do? The sheep hear and they follow, due to intimacy and authority from the shepherd. What a contrast from a thief and a robber. As they would drive by force, as those Turkish soldiers would have to drive those sheep by force, maybe picking them up or, just, or carrying them along. All that shepherd had to do was just to call them back with his voice, make a distinct sound, and the sheep would hear that and follow. What is the good shepherd for us this morning? Well, we know it's Jesus what does he do? He goes before us as he went before them. And he has gone before us. And for the sake of time, we won't. But Psalm 23 this morning in verse 3, what do we know? Is that he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Right? He leads us beside still waters. He makes us lie down in green pastures. That is my biggest struggle if I'm to be open this morning in that way. Is taking Rest. Laying down, taking that time and rest. It's, you know, I have energy. Um, I am very active in which I, I feel like if I sit down, I, I have this, I'm lazy, I'm lazy, I'm lazy. I'm like, well, it's, it's really hard for me to sit down and rest. But oftentimes, the Lord calls me to lay down. He calls me just to rest and to enjoy his presence in that time. You know, as my wife has been out, uh, our son as well is gone. So it's quiet around the house. It's very quiet. I have a lot of time. And what have I been doing with that time has just been a blessing as I spent so much time with the Lord. My favorite is when I get to go out on the patio and the storm's rolling by and a good cup of coffee and just God's word as I listen for his voice. As I listen for my, my good shepherds to, to speak to me. Because I want to hear And I want to follow. Because I know personally, and most of you do as well, but I encourage you, is that in the times in which I haven't followed or when I don't follow, there is is a consequence. There is a consequence for that. Whether you have been led astray by some other form of of, of a thief or a robber or, or whatever it may be that was gravitating towards your desires of your flesh, whatever it may be, you know, we're all sinners. We, all, we have all faced that. But this morning, the, the encouragement is to know our shepherd's voice, to distinctively know it through a deep, intimate relationship with him. And when you know it and when you hear it, there is a need to respond to that call, to follow. Because he leads us in the path of righteousness for what? For his name's sake, for his glory. Just as it was for the blind man in which Jesus met and and, and healed him. Why? Why was this man blind? It was to display the glory of God. Why are we here this morning? Why do we live? Why do we have breath? It's to display the glory of God and nothing else. And we can't display the glory of God being led astray by anything but the good shepherd. If we are not following the good shepherd, hearing and responding to the call... We're allowing something else to shepherd our heart, to shepherd our soul. In verse five through six, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Verse six, Jesus used this illustration, but they do not understand the things which he spoke. The shepherd is known versus the thieves and robbers who are not. The stranger is only known by the fact that the sheep don't know him. That's why. The the stranger would come in, the the sheep will flee. The sheep are driven away by the presence of strangers, just as we are to be driven away by the presence of darkness. We are to flee any form or presence of darkness, of sin. You haven't gathered this morning the good shepherd. The shepherd is Jesus, and we are the sheep. And I think it's funny that we are considered to be sheep as sheep, if you haven't known or don't know, they are the dumbest animals on the planet Earth. As, as, if they are not led to green pastures, as you know, they will eat into the roots, they will eat into the dirts, and eat rocks all day long. They, they, they will just follow each other. If one goes off a cliff, the hunter would follow. Sheep need a shepherd. We need a shepherd. And we have the good shepherd. It's like having Tom Brady lead your team into the Super Bowl. We know. We know we have the victory. We, we know that he is our good shepherd. But here's the problem that I wanted to draw up this morning as we have this shepherd, this good shepherd who, wants, who, who speaks to us. There are a lot of other voices that speak. And if you ever had the battle of the mind, how many voices are in that battle? Hundreds, thousands. Every day there is that battle of the mind. There are a lot of voices that can drive our lives by force if we allow them to. Just to name a few the voice of culture, money, the voice of sports. Right now, as you may guess, the biggest voice of them all right now is the voice of politics, right? It's like the biggest voice right now. You turn up on anything and everything, it's all politics. And now we have pastors and shepherd, or people, and it's just, hey, we're good. We have the good shepherd. You know, it's interesting. I, I catch myself sometimes being in that Fox News trap. I'm just like, I'm so clean to it. But the biggest issue right now is the voice of politics. And it's only an issue when it becomes to you more important than Jesus. Because what is more important to you? That people know your political stance or Jesus in every bit of you? And I draw that to my own heart. Lincoln, what is, what is more important To me, that people taste the best coffee in the world or they know Jesus. My heart, my desire in the spirit is that they know Jesus. But we know that we have this flesh. Man, the battle of the mind for another morning. But what is more important to you this morning? What is it? Sports? Being approved in the eyes of the world? Gaining and holding on to as much money as you can? Politics? What is it? Because it's not a question of if Jesus speaks. No, it's what is he saying? As he has spoken and he continues to speak. And what is he saying? Well, hey, start with marriage. Husbands, love your wives. As Christ loved the church. Wives, submit to your husbands unto the Lord. Children, obey your parents for this is good. This is the good shepherd speaking. Neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. You have someone next to you, they're your neighbor. I'm not talking about your neighbor in your apartment. Yes, of course it is. But anyone around you is your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. Here's a big one. Sin itself. What did the sheep do when a stranger came into the pen? Or They don't follow, they flee, they run. Sin, go far from it. Ephesians 5.11 would put it this way. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. As children of God, we are called to display the works of God, to display God himself in our lives, to manifest him, to display him in our lives. As we hear him, as we respond to him, it will display his name. But if we decide to have fellowship with the works of darkness, our lives would be unfruitful. There is this call to rather expose them, that as you and I display God in our lives, it exposes darkness. It reveals even your own darkness in your own heart, even those whom you have relationship with. And as we kind of draw and end to the point this morning, as we end this morning, we're, we're going to um, kind of step back and as we want to desire to hear the good shepherd, to hear his voice, what is the one way as we've read and as we see this morning, but rather than it's just through his word. As we read his word, as we open it up, He's speaking he's speaking loudly as we hear the shepherd's voice what is the necessary thing to do is to respond to that call and and my only encouragement this morning is I'll go ahead and back invite the worship team back up my only encouragement this morning is for, for any of you this morning whether you're in junior high high school or whatever it may be that whatever the Lord's stirring in your heart right now, that there would be a respond not later this afternoon or tonight or tomorrow, but this morning. Because there is a necessary respond that we must have as believers. And what better way to respond than to partake in communion? To to partake in this element of of, of the the wine and the bread, of, of the blood and the body of Christ. And as you have maybe attended this church for a while, we have an open here where you can just come up and gather the elements and go back to your seat. But I want to add something before we do in love. That the Lord, through the pen of Paul, gave some instructions of communion. And it comes in... First Corinthians 11:27 is, "Whoever, therefore eats of the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord is an unworthy, in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the blood, the body and the blood of the Lord." Now we're all unworthy. Only through the, the blood and the body are we made worthy." But this verse isn't to be treated as to exclude all of us, but no, it's to partake with the right heart. As we partake in communion, rather, in reverence of the Lord, of our good shepherd. But with a gentle warning from the Lord, if you are living in unrepentive sin, partaking in this morning without repenting is mockery. It's mocking of what Jesus did for all of us on the cross. But again, this, this term of unworthy, it's not to exclude myself or to exclude you, but rather, it's to partake, just observing the presence of Christ in you. But there has to be that initial response first as well. If, if you haven't responded to the Lord as your personal Savior, again, please don't partake, but rather, partake Him and invite Him into your life personally this morning. And then this is open to enjoy that deep, intimate relationship with Jesus, to know and to hear His voice distinctively To respond. Because this time is not a time of deep spiritual feeling or often gazing into the church floor. This is a time to recognize the presence of our Savior in us because he's for us and he's gone before us. So Heavenly Father, as we pray this morning, Jesus, we ask you now that we would receive the knowledge and discernment to know your voice. That will we be like sheep and know your voice and follow without hesitation. That Father, if there is someone here this morning who doesn't know you, that you are calling out to them right now, that they would respond without hesitation. And Father, this morning as we draw to an end, as we desire to now partake in communion. Lord, we want to recognize that you are in us. God, you are for us. And you are going before us. Lord, open our eyes, open our ears to hear your voice. May your voice be the loudest thing in our lives. And may we display your name for the whole world to see. But God, I also pray this morning, if there's anyone in here who feels like they're just absolutely trapped in a cesspool of sin. And Lord, you're calling them out. or that they would respond right now. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time. It's your name we pray. Amen.